The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who going this town tonight. Hello, welcome to the Formula Sports Sports Talk Show. Uh, I'm in studio today, Demery Lachey. Uh, Kwame Lasseter, he's out uh, for today. He may be calling in. Um, maybe having a guest come in as well and hopefully receive a, a few other phone calls. Um, welcome to the show today. Welcome. It's Friday. It's another Friday. It's another great Friday. It's not the birthday Friday no more. Um, last week, you know, can't top that weekend. Can't top that Friday. But it is It's TGIF. It's always a great Friday. Um, I have a lot... A lot of work going on myself um, for the weekend. It actually started off, kicked off yesterday. Last night, uh, went out to a fundraiser event at Tops Golf. Um, first time ever going to that place up in Scottsdale. Um, you know, shout out to Tops Golf for hosting um, the fundraiser event. I uh, got to meet around and network with a lot of NFL alumni and um, a lot of other professionals and other things. Uh, watched the games there, watched the ASU um, football game versus UCLA, which really wasn't a game. And also, they happened to play the Giants and the Redskins game, which the same reason it still was not a really, really game. But, you know, along with that, uh, I got a chance to finally get some golf swings in for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, didn't turn out so well for me. Um, it was just a driving range at night, and they had scoreboards and um, score areas where if you hit the ball in certain areas at Tops Golf, you get certain points. And those areas were lit up with uh, fancy, fancy lights, and lights were going everywhere. So it was pretty cool at night. Pretty cool scene. Um, fundraiser raised a lot of money, um, a lot of proceeds, and. Uh, it was a great time event. Um, Kwame was in there as well. Um, Frank Sanders, Play Pure was uh, was also around. Uh, just, just a fun environment. Junior Spivey was there. Um, it's a great environment. Uh, it's just a great uh, thing to be around, to be a part of. And I appreciate the invite. And I said, eh, I had a great time. But along with that, you know, there was a football game several football games on no matter of fact I'm gonna go back and start off with um, start off with this baseball game um, last night it was a pretty important game um, for my favorite professional baseball team in the New York Yankees and they hosted the Baltimore Orioles last night um, Yankees winning the game six to five but along with that it came to be Derek Jeter, a.k.a. the captain, number two, the number two, for the New York Yankees. 
it, came, it became his last game in the pinstripes, in his home uniform, his last home game, his last home stand. And he ended it no – he ended the game no way that he should end it any different by hitting a walk-off single um, in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on second base. Uh, Derek Jeter came up to the plate with the runner on second, hit a ball up the middle – Kind of towards right field, got past the second baseman. Um, right fielder tried to throw out the runner at home, but he was safe. Derek Jeter got the RBI, the winning hit, to go along with his finale in which he played his last game, like I said before, in the pinstripe uniforms. Um, tip my hat off to that man, to that guy. What he's established in his whole career, um, from winning championships to all-star games to gold gloves, I mean, he, this, this guy just bought it ever since he was in the MLB, ever since he reached the Yankees uniform. And he always, you know, used the statement, there's, always, there's only one Yankee shortstop. And he had that time. He had his era. And it was a great way to end the era. Um, ever since watching baseball, this guy's probably been the first professional um, I have watched since probably the day he started and where he is now, where his career came for now. Um, he was the last one out of uh, the four horsemen. You people should say people would say out of the four horsemen out of their group of the Yankees players. Uh, he was the last one to stand with Mario Mario Rivera and um, Andy Pettit or Jorge Posada. He was the last one to stand and the last one to leave the field, and he left it in the right way, in the way you're supposed to leave it by making another highlight making another game-winning play by an MLB uh, former MVP or AL MVP, um, multiple All-Star games. I mean, the list goes on with this guy. He was the true captain. He lived up to his whole name and ended it on the right way. Um, leading up to that game, you know, um, they didn't know if they were even going to play that game last night against the Orioles, which the Yankees came on top winning 6-5. to five. And they didn't know because due to the weather, I guess, I guess up in New York, a bunch of storms and bad weather was going on. But they ended up playing the game, which I I was excited for. And the baseball gods held the weather uh, to to a good to a great night. Um, no rain, no showers, no thunderstorms even 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 came by during playing time after the game when Jeter made his last hurrah walk around um, Yankee Stadium. And uh, that's that's just a great way to end uh, the career of the captain at home. Um, it hates to see, I hate to see that guy go away uh, from the game of baseball. Not only just from the Yankees, but just from the game of baseball. Uh, he inspired a lot of those players who was playing now today, and players in the future. He inspired a lot of those guys, and it was great to see them give feedback. Um, give love back to the captain and Derek Jeter um, with his tours with his last few games you know they gave him um, presents to different um, cities that he played against and teams that he played against he was receiving a lot of gifts which that shows a lot of love to a guy who who's only been with one organization his whole career and it was good to see that final final walk off and that's exactly what it was that's the way he ended it and I think that's the way he wanted to end it 
I know he probably. It, I mean, only thing that could probably top that is probably a walk off home run, of course. But with Jeter, I mean, being a big time hitter, just an all around base hitter, that's that's a great way for Derek Jeter um, to walk off at the Yankee Stadium. It gets no better than that for the captain. The captain comes in clutch when you don't need a home run, if you just need a hit. That's what Derek Jeter was known for, and that's what he accomplished last night, which was great for him and his career. Moving on, there was other games on last night. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still battling just a little sore throat that I've came across me this week, but... Um, the first game that came on last night, uh, football-wise, college football, it was Texas Tech and or Oklahoma State. And this game <clears throat> lived up to its hype. You know it was going to be a shootout, high scoring points. Um, I think it was about 80 points combined. The score is 45-35. Oklahoma State won at home. Texas Tech going to Oklahoma State um, to open up the Big 12 season, Big 12 conference play in college football. Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, they just they won the shootout. They um, came up with some big stops um, in the first quarter and second quarter. Uh, things got high scoring. Things got going in the third quarter. Um, Texas Tech made some halftime adjustments, was trying to um, go against that man-to-man defense that Oklahoma State were in, and it started attacking. Um, Oklahoma State had some injuries, you know, at some starting corner positions, but they did enough to hold on at the end of the fourth quarter to outscore um, Texas Tech in the second half, twenty-four to twenty-one, which they got them to a ten-point victory. Who stood out? Standouts that came out in the game was Dax Garman, who put up four touchdowns to lift. Oklahoma State, who's ranked number twenty-four, over Texas Tech, and Dax Graham. He's he's not he's not even a starting quarterback. Um, Oklahoma State starting quarterback, which was arguably one of the Heisman uh, candidates this season. Um, he went down with injury a couple of weeks ago. J.W. Walsh and Dax Graham has stepped in and he performed really well tonight. Last night, excuse me. He went 17 for 31, 370 yards, 370 yards, along with four touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, but so did Texas Tech quarterback in Davis Webb, who was 35 for 54, 374 yards, four touchdowns with his, like I said, also with him also throwing two interceptions. And those two turnovers for Texas Tech uh, was pretty critical because it was one in the second half and one um, in the first half. But it came at critical situations uh, where they couldn't have, they shouldn't have um, turned over the ball in no situation. They were close in the red zone area, and the Texas Tech um, offense was really trying to attack that Oklahoma State defense, which um, have gained some some of my respect, uh, especially over the past few years. Every game with Oklahoma State, it comes down to a shootout. Shootout. And Mike Gundy has done a great job of recruiting on the defensive side. He's been paying a lot of attention to the defensive players over there at Oklahoma State, which is great, which is what they need to compete in the Big 12. And now, last few years that since Mike Gundy has been coaching there, um, they have been an argue 
development of winning the Big 12 every season. Um, their, expectation, their expectations are very high. And you have to go and beat teams such as Texas Tech, uh, who can, who's a highly off, who's a high scoring offense, and if you maintain them to thirty five points, that's a good ball game. You, that's a winnable ball game if you're holding Texas Tech, because that team can go off for forty five to an at an average um, any game against any team in the country. If you hold them thirty five points and under, you can beat Texas Tech, um, in which Oklahoma State did. Um, there was n- not much running for both teams. Um, although Oklahoma State, their leading rusher did have 23 carries uh, for 86 yards, but he only averaged about three and a half yards per carry. And then on Texas Tech side, they only ran the ball. Their highest person that ran the ball was 13 carries, but I think he should have got the ball more in DeAndre Washington. Um, he's a good skill set running back. Even though his longest carry was 14 yards, he was averaging six and a half, seven yards a pop. So every carry this guy was getting, he was dang near getting a first down. Um, I think they could have utilized, utilized him more. And I put so much pressure on Davis Webb for Texas Tech. And for him to throw 54 passing attempts, I understand they run, you know, no huddle offense like many programs uh, do across the country. But... 54 attempts, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of passing. When you got a good ground game going on with DeAndre Washington in the backfield, uh, it'll open up that passing game even more, even with a quick tempo offense to catch Oklahoma State off guard. But I think um, Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury, I think he just really wanted to attack that man-to-man defense, and which he did at certain situations, but I think he just fell in love with it. And that's a great win for Oklahoma State to open up the Big 12 against a big team like Texas Tech. And not only that, going back to um, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, Dax Garman, the kid went 17 for 31 in his first official start at Oklahoma State. Now, he played last week um, for the Cowboys, but he didn't start. J.W. Walsh got injured, and... For Garmin's first game in a Big 12 setting at home against Texas Tech, um, this guy played lights out. He played, he managed the game pretty well. Um, he was not afraid to throw the ball deep. I remember on the first drive or the second drive, he threw a deep touchdown pass in the corner to a backup running back. Um, but he put the ball in a, in a great place. He put the ball in a great area. And uh, James Washington came up with the catch. It was a beautiful 33-yard pass from Dax, and it was like in the right corner of the end zone, um, only place where um, James Washington could catch the football. And it was, it was a. As soon as I seen that play, I was like, "Okay, this kid, he's ready. He can play. This guy can play quarterback." Oklahoma State Mike Gundy is known to bring in great quarterbacks. Guys who can play the game, guys who know the passing game, but also know to manage and how when to run the ball and you know to have the read options. But he was giving the ball a lot to the running backs um, in the read option. When it came down to it, um, Dax was really not trying to run 
um, the way J.W. Walsh does. But he played lights out, and I tip my hat off to a guy. First game in the Big 12 at home against Texas Tech, a great or team in Texas Tech. Congrats to Dax Graham and Oklahoma State. They can move on and get ready for the next week game. It's so can Texas Tech. The other game that came on last night in college football, sticking with college football, was UCLA Bruins came to town, came to Tempe to play the host um, Arizona State. Um, this game had a lot, lot riding on it. Um, you're probably looking at two arguably Pac-12 championship teams right now. Um, it was great to see them um, go at it last night. Great to see them scheduled. I kind of wish uh, Arizona State had their full potential. I think it would have been a better game, even with the lack of injuries and having your starting quarterback, Taylor Kelly, breaking his foot last or two weeks ago. Because um, Arizona State, you know, they got off to a 3-0 start. Uh, Taylor Kelly breaks his foot in that last game. And now you have to rely on uh, second-string quarterback. And uh, I, I think it's pronounced the name Bur Burkovici. And he played pretty well for ASU. He threw for 488 yards. But at the same time, he turned the ball over twice. And you can't turn over the, the ball against a tough uh, defensive-minded UCLA football team. Uh, UCLA is known for the defense. Their front four is incredible. Their linebacking core is pretty good. And they also have a really good secondary. And that's why this team was preseason ranked uh, number eight or number seven. They got a chance to make the playoffs, If I think, if they went out to Pac-12, which they have a up foot now with beating Arizona State, who Arizona State had beaten them last season. At UCLA, so UCLA was waiting on this game to happen, and I'm glad it happened on primetime television. UCLA came to town wanting to win this game, and not only just to win this game, they wanted to win by a lot. They wanted to embarrass Arizona State Sun Devils, and that's exactly what they did. They knew that Taylor Kelly was not going to be a part of this game, and Taylor Kelly he makes a lot, a lot. Thing, a lot of things easier on the offensive end for Arizona State because of his mobility skills, his great arm asset. To me, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the Pac-12, heck, even in the country. But So to have him out in that defense um, up against Arizona State without the starting quarterback and Taylor Kelly, you know this is going to be a, a very tough situation, tough situational game for ASU. But in the first half, you know, they they it was a close game. They held it close in the first half. Then second half, it was a whole other story. Actually, probably about in the second quarter, things got embarrassing. Um, UCLA showed out, and UCLA also has a Heisman candidate quarterback, and I think he just put himself at the top, if not the top three, top five right now, and Philip Hundley. Um, I'm so glad that this guy returned back to school. He could have been a top. Top three quarterback chosen in this year's NFL draft, but I'm so glad he came back to UCLA to help them get to that Pac-12 championship, battling against Stanford, teams like Stanford, Oregon, and Cal, and uh, Arizona State. And he made a statement last night 
Um, we're going to talk more about that as soon as we get done after this break. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasher Sports Talk Show. Uh, if you're needing, if you're wanting to call in, please call in. Um, get on the show at 888-346-9144. Call in, um, get on the show before the last segment. Um, last segment, we're not taking any calls. We don't take any calls because it's pretty much uh, the last roundup. It's too late. But we would appreciate, you know, if you call in. Earlier, that number again is 888-346-9144. Um, I'm in the studio today, Demry Lache, here with myself, you know. Uh, Kwame's out, and he should be calling in. Uh, maybe he can call in. He can, He's able to call in on the last segment. He can get in, of course, but um, he's supposed to be calling in here soon, hopefully. Um, this morning, it is Friday can't wait for the weekend it's just something about the weekend you know that gets just really gets me going it gives me a chance to relax and sit back and I also although I have to do a lot of running around uh this weekend and getting some things ready for some events and uh that's always exciting but it's a it's a lot of work I never stop working never don't want to stop um other things going on this weekend tonight I'll be at the I think it's tonight, yeah. Um, Damon Wayne's comedy show. It's in Tempe. Uh, I'll be attending that along with uh, Eddie Griffin is performing as well tomorrow night um, at Celebrity Theater um, in Phoenix. I'll be I'll be at that event as well. Um, Eddie Griffin's a funny, funny guy. I've watched all his YouTube clips and all his stand-ups beforehand. He was funny on his own TV show back in the late 90s, early 2000s with Malcolm um, Jamal Warner and Eddie I've been a big Eddie Griffin fan it came out funny movies the uh, last one I can think of was probably Undercover Brother he was hilarious in that along with the other all the other cast members in that movie but 
Uh, he's definitely very, very funny. Please go check them out. Um, also, keep a lookout for KL TV and follow Kingfit Productions on Twitter, um, Instagram account, Facebook. Uh, please keep a lookout for that productions and shout out to them. Shout out to Play Pure for today. They were in attendance at the event I was at last night. Uh, finally got a chance to actually meet those guys face to face, hand to hand, which was awesome. Which was very, very cool. Talking before break, I was talking about um, the UCLA Bruins and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Now, going into this game, you know, I actually, I absolutely could not wait. Um, I almost went to the game. I had tickets to go, but I had, I turned them down because I had to do some business, some work last night, which was awesome, which was great. But at the same time, I mean, this these are the two teams I want to see play. Uh, to me, I think these guys are battling for 2A, 2B, maybe second and third in the Pac-12 out here in the West Coast. And because I, I, I know what Oregon's going to do. Um, Oregon is definitely by far number one in this conference. Although UCLA definitely made a statement last night, and they got and they're going to keep making statements all season after their performance last night. Um, for UCLA, uh, Philip Hunley, you know, it was great to see him get back to himself, I believe, and onto a whole nother level. Because this guy, he played. I mean, he played balls to the walls. He played. He balled out last night. <clears throat> and normally, you know, you see his performance come with throwing and rushing. But last night, it was all arm. It was he didn't need to throw. Um, UCLA was making some big plays all night, offensively, defensively. That defense played incredible. And also along with their special teams, Ishmael Adams had two long touchdown uh, runbacks, not only on defense, but special teams as well. This guy plays corner. Um, he's he's definitely all Pac-12 candidate at the corner position, but he took his first interception back 95 yards. Um, that was incredible. Uh, incredible to see. Uh, it was a great play. By Ishmael, and it was against uh, Mike uh, Berkovici. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing his name right, but he deserved to get his name called right because he actually bought out to be a, a second-string quarterback through throwing for 48, 488 yards and 7.2 yards a throw. But he threw the ball 68 times, and I think Arizona State got a little pass happy. I mean, I understand when you're down – um, it's hard to run the ball when you're down because you don't want to waste a lot of time um, running the ball. You know you, that's a good way to run out the clock, and they needed more time than ever last night, losing to the visiting UCLA Bruins, 62 to 27. For Arizona State, they're not a team that's giving up 62 points a game. Last night, I'm not calling you UCLA game last night. It was not a fluke. Those boys deserve to win that game because they beat. They beat down Arizona State offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise in the three phases of football. And they came in prepared more than ever. Uh, in a hostile environment, it was a blackout last night um, in Tempe. And this game had a whole lot of high expectations. And I think 
UCLA has definitely put themselves on a whole nother level right now. And they're up there. Um, I think now it's official. As of right now, it's only been four games in the college football season. UCLA is now 4-0, 1-0 on the Pac-12. And they have put themselves up there already in my eyes um, because now with them um, being ranked only 11th and they're 4-0, they're going to jump in rankings now. They actually played um, UCLA football. They they played the football that they wanted to. They dominated um, They dominated the game. So the, the game was in their hands, and they controlled it, and they dominated. And that's a great way to play on the road. Brent Hunley went 18 for 23. 18 for 23. Five incompletions. The whole game. Well, he played about three quarters, but still, that's incredible. Throwing for 355 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, what more can you ask for? He didn't need, He didn't even turn over the ball once. That's a Heisman quarterback right there. He had eight rushes for 72 yards and a rushing touchdown. Incredible. He put on a show last night. Along with um, that, cor- that corner, um, the cornerback, Ishmael Adams, he also had a 100-yard kickoff return um, that set off the third quarter and I think put the, put the nail in the coffin for Arizona State and their comeback hopes. And as you know, you just never know. At halftime, it was 27-17, 10-point game. But to start off that second half with Ishmael Adams returning 100 yards on a kickoff return, I knew that the ball game was over then. Because UCLA had tons of momentum going into this, going into the second half after halftime. They put up 21 points in the second quarter alone. And the first quarter, Arizona State was winning 10-6. to They outscored UCLA. Um, touchdowns and huge drives. But you could tell UCLA weren't, wasn't playing their best football, but at the same time they managed two field goals. And then second quarter, it, it, it was a party. It was definitely a blackout. Um for Arizona State and all their fans and everyone that attended the game. I'm glad I didn't go. I absolutely despise going to um, blowout games. Um, but like I said, stated before, this is a big, big, huge game. They're probably one of the biggest games uh, around the country and even in the West Coast, definitely for the West Coast. And to see UCLA put up 62 points at Arizona State, um that was that was just incredible to see. I don't, you know, if they played again, I know for sure that would not happen. Um, Coach Graham has done a tremendous job ever since coming over to ASU, and he even said himself he was embarrassed. He said that was an embarrassing display defensively, off offensively, and special teams wise. Which, yeah, he is absolutely right because to get to get outscored. What they forty-two to seventeen with a combined second quarter and third quarter, that's pretty embarrassing. Along with fourteen getting shut out fourteen zero in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I'm guessing uh, Arizona State they just weren't they just weren't ready. I don't think um, they knew what was going to come upon them. It was so many mistakes um, defensively and coverages and um, guys getting out of place. But at the same time. Um, you can't do that against an experienced quarterback that Philip Hunley is. He's a Heisman candidate, and 
he's going to beat you up if you make mistakes. He's going to get after it. He's going to. He knows how to manage the game. He knows when to see the mistakes and when to attack them. And which he's done a uh, terrific job last night and a big time victory. Um, it was also another blowout game that I was so disappointed in watching. Um, I was at the while well, being at Tops Golf last night. Um, they had both the ASU UCLA game going, and they also showed. The New York Giants in the Washington Redskins NFL game last night, and which that really wasn't a game. I'm kind of disappointed because in my fantasy, I have Kirk Cousins started. Last week he gave me 42 fantasy points. After last night's performance, I'm looking to trade, um, release, Mr. Kirk Cousins, because I was believing in the Cousins movement I, like I've always have on this show. I always said Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in this league, no doubt about it. He makes Washington offense go better than Robert Griffin, RG3. Robert Griffin the third. I think he does a better job of managing this offense better than he has. And after last night's performance, um, all that has gone down. I believe another week, RG3 still remains the top quarterback now because last night's display with Kirk Cousins, uh, it was pretty embarrassing. And I, I say that because um, I say that RG3 has saved his job because it was a beginning buzz and speculation, you know, around the around the NFL and Redskins coaching staff and some of the players um, with the Redskins. Um, was questioning, you know, RG3's health and if he's going to be able to come back and to compete against a guy like Kirk Cousins. And after, you know, um, last night against the New York Giants, who been struggling probably for the, for the last season and, and a couple of games this season, um, you expect Washington to just flat-out dominate at home being at home, man, it was, it was a tough night for these home teams last night for some home games besides Oklahoma State um, standing out. But uh, in the Giants and Redskins game, you know, it's the first game of the NFC East Divisional, 4-2. to two, And Eli Manning for the New York Giants um, played incredible last night. I haven't seen him, this guy play this well probably, probably since the Super Bowl run um, when they beat out the Patriots. His last NFL, his last um, Super Bowl, and you know this guy—he was very efficient. It was good to see Eli get back on track. He did do his thing, and you know he's known for throwing interceptions. So he did throw one interception last night, but it was compared to Kirk Cousins' four turnovers, interceptions thrown last night, which is not going to get the job done. Four picks and a touchdown. Um, but you got to play that out with that quarterback. Um, can't throw nobody in to. I think that would shame Kirk Cousins even more. Um, but Eli and them came on the road. They came prepared. Um, it's pretty hard to win <clears throat> going from a game Sunday to Thursday in the NFL. But with Eli Manning combined five touchdowns, three of them was to Larry Donald, who also I picked up. This week, yes, thanks to Julius Thomas having a bye week. I benched him this week. 
And I put in this guy named Larry Donald because watching the uh, Giants games in the last few weeks, this guy has been getting a lot of targets. He's been getting a lot of touches. So with my going behind the scenes work, you know, I'm looking at how many targets he get per game and how many more he's getting each and every game. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go out on a limb and take this guy. Never um, really paid attention to him beforehand, but after last night display, scoring three touchdowns. Uh, this guy, he's definitely a fantasy lock for all you fantasy owners out there. Um, he was a great outlet asset to Eli Manning in the Giants offense last night. Um, And that's how Eli wins. Um, He uses that tight end a lot, just like his brother. Um, Especially on the way, going on to Super Bowl victories, his tight end usage was very important. And I remember the days when he was with Jeremy Shockey and with the Giants and, you know, Eli – Reestablished Jeremy Shockey's career after him leaving the Saints. He helped Shockey um, regain his career when he came to the football giants. And uh, with Larry Donnell stepping up last night, with it, I think it was, this is his first year starting and the first few games actually starting because he wasn't the starter of week one. But for him to come in and score three touchdowns helped my fantasy out thank you by giving me um, 27 points from the tight end position, which is very rare, but also helping out the New York Giants get back to their uh, football giant selves to put themselves back into uh, getting themselves back into the NFC uh, East mix and trying to win out the NFC East and make the playoffs. The Giants are now 2-2, two and two, the Redskins dropping to 1-3, and three, and now the Giants are, I believe they're 1-0, and oh in the NFC East, and the Redskins fall to 0-2. That was a big game for the Redskins because last week, I'm sorry to mention that, they uh, ran into the Philadelphia Eagles, which Kirk Cousins had a great game, although they came out with a tough loss. Then they came back. Now they're back at home um, after traveling on the road to bring in the New York Giants, who have been struggling, who was a 1-2 football team. And... For a Thursday night game, you know, like I stated before, it's hard to play um, from Sunday to Thursday. You only get a few um, games to prepare for the next opponent. In the NFL, it's hard to prepare each um, opponent, even just for going Sunday to Sunday. It's, that's a very hard task. But the Giants, they managed to do it at a professional way, and they attacked um, Washington's weaknesses over and over again. It was a good sign to see Andre Roberts get on the board, um, former Cardinal, scoring an 18-yard pass from Kirk Cousins. But other than that, I mean, Washington, they just flat out cannot move the ball, and their defense cannot stop Eli Manning in that Giants offense. Um, like stated before, Eli had um, 300 yards passing and four, threw him for four touchdowns with one turnover. That's how the Giants will win ball games. You can't have him throwing several turnovers. You can't. Last night he didn't force the ball. He was in the offense. I think he's. It's a new offense, so I think he's um, grasping and collecting more knowledge of this West Coast offense. And I can't wait to see um, how it goes on from here. I'm glad he has bounced back. But we're going to talk more about this game. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Kwame's Laster Sports Talk Show. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Welcome back to the Quasi Last Sports Talk Show. I'm in studio, Demarie Lachey. Kwame's out of studio, but he'll be back for sure on Monday. Um, moving on, going. we're just talking about uh, the Giants and the Redskins game. Um, being now today, being Football Friday, it's exciting. Um, I know I, I can't wait. Uh, I love the weekends now because you just get to sit back and watch football. Um, from here till till Monday, it's nothing but football, nothing to watch. Um, but going back, uh, let's talk about some NBA in the NBA world. Um, the Phoenix Suns have finally. It's about time they signed Mr. Eric Bledsoe to a five-year, seventy million dollar deal, and it took time. At first, you know, I was thinking that they were going to wait for a signing trade deal. To sign a trade, uh, the young Eric Bledsoe, who's a phenomenal point guard, uh, I think he's just going to get even better. He's not really, I don't think you can throw him up there with elite point guards just yet, but he's in that, that stage where you, he's in that area, that kind of blue-collar area where you put uh, like a Michael Conley and Ty Lawson. He's in that area, that just below the elite, but still young enough. He's about to get the job done. Um, Goran Dragic, his teammate um, here in Phoenix. But he signed a five-year, $70 million deal, and he got the numbers that he wanted, that 10-double-figure millionaire. Um, that's all he was trying to sign for, and that's what he got. Um, I know uh, speculation and rumors came out that he was looking to sign a four-year contract, but the Phoenix Suns, they did not want to sign him just to four years so he can still be in his prime by the way of signing him a new contract elsewhere and opting out probably on that last season. But with five years, he's now going to be established a son. He's going to get better now. Um, he's going to get healthier. A lot of health issues have came along with the name of Eric Bledsoe ever since he got drafted with the Clippers. And before he left the Clippers, 
he's just been off and on. You'll see flashes of great um, ball playing abilities from Eric Bledsoe, but now he's he has a chance to get healthy. He has five years to stay healthy to to be off and on in the Phoenix organization where they have the best physical therapy therapist and also great team doctors um the best doctors out um that's a part of sports um that's a part of sports period um, a lot of guys come here to phoenix to work out and train and to get their body right because they trust the phoenix um doctors they're known to get a lot of men healthier a lot of guys at the end of career such as like a grant hill shaquille o'neal Penny Hardaway, even um, you can just sneak you a few more years. I think that's the way that Steve Nash stayed healthy um, during his throughout his Phoenix days and winning back to back MVP awards and Amar Stoudemire. He stayed healthy even though he had some big time injuries, but his injuries are more um, keep him in doubt, keep him very doubtful in the New York going to the Knicks and. These Phoenix doctors, you know, these guys get guys healthy quick, and they keep you on the court. They keep you on the field with the Cardinals players, uh, with the Diamondbacks. They keep guys healthy around here, and a lot of guys come here even in the off season. I remember uh, Danny Granger when he hurt his leg a couple years ago. He came straight to Phoenix. Was here in the West Coast working out. Um, they got him back on the court uh, exceptionally well. Chris Paul is known to come around the Phoenix area. A lot of a lot of NFL players, you know, these doctors, they they do a tremendous job, and they're well known. Um, even with Jerry Colangelo, he makes sure those USA basketball players, he makes sure he hires team doctors that deal with the Phoenix Suns and the therapists that they see. He makes sure um, he bring those Phoenix people with him uh, throughout the USA basketball experience. And now it's time for Eric Blessel to stay healthy, to get um, healthy. And to live up to that $70 million deal, um, I think he has done a tremendous job thus far in his career. He had a great, great start to his season last season. Um, him and um, Dragic were just incredible in the backcourt together. I didn't want to see them two get away from each other, even though they both played the point guard. I guess you could put them as point guards. Nobody's a true shooting guard out of the two. But any of them can play the one or the two, shooting guard or point guard. And... Now you get to see that fast-paced Phoenix offense back um, with the Suns. And also, you know, he's, he's a great defender. Um, no matter if the guys are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, he can guard those type of guys. He can guard uh, already point guards that are his size and around his, um, his frame. And I think it's a great deal that Phoenix Suns um, signed him back. Um, although I think he was very – he wasn't really worth – anything in the trade with the sign and trade what I'm saying what I'm going with that is that he really I mean he's worth something but at the same time um, he would he would have been worth something even more I think if he would have stayed healthier and played the season out he probably would have even signed a way bigger contract but f- five years 70 million is fair for him um I think that's uh, maximum for what he has displayed thus far in Phoenix and throughout his career thus far. Um, this is what he wanted to go to now. His family doesn't have to be worried about it much anymore. I mean, these guys put in a lot of money. And I tip my hat off to the Phoenix organization for getting the job done, even though they 
heard a lot of rumors. I was hearing a lot from GMs around the NBA to different teams, um, you know, wanting to get Eric Bledsoe for a cheap price and knowing that they can, knowing that they will get um, the winning outcome. But for the size organization to keep looking over uh, Eric Bledsoe, taking care of him, saying numerous times, you know, they're not looking to trade him, they're not looking to trade him, and they lived up to the word. And he's coming back now. Um, he's in his prime, I believe, and he's going to stay in his prime, I think, for these next five seasons. So they got him at the right time. I mean, this is a great time for him to sign back with the Suns, and hopefully he can lead um, the Suns to better um, to better seasons, to hopefully get these guys in the playoffs. I mean, he has five years to do it. I think he can, um, especially with him and Dragic. And um, that young flying around Phoenix Suns team, um, it's great to have those guys back together at least for another year or two. Um, I'm excited to see these guys uh, get together. And with having the backcourt of Dragic and um, Bledsoe is very dangerous and deadly, especially in the West Coast or in the Western Conference. But moving on to um, back to football, you know, Today is Friday, so we're going to go through some NFL picks, uh, some good games for the weekend, and some not-so-good games. But um, to start off with, okay, as of last night game, of course, you know that uh, the Redskins, you know, got trampled at home, which is very embarrassing for them. But... Um, they lost to a good Giants football team. I think the Giants are going to bounce back. Now they have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, they put in when they're always in consideration. They're going to they never let down, and hopefully they can get the job done this year. Hopefully they can get the job done during this season. But some of the games um, really don't have a big meaning to them. Uh, a lot of divisional games. One game is uh, the Tennessee Titans. We're going to start off with the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are at home against the Titans. Um, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts, of course. Uh, Andrew Luck bounced back last game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think he's going to have an even bigger game this weekend against the Titans. Um, they have a few injuries on that defensive side um, for the Titans, and the Colts' offense is getting healthier. Uh, hopefully they can run the ball um, a little bit better. Ma Bradshaw has done a great job, and hopefully Trent Richardson can f- hopefully get on board. I'm just waiting for that Alabama Trent Richardson to take over, but I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't think we'll ever get that again. But, yeah, I picked the Colts over the Titans. Uh, another game, um, Bills and Texans play. Texans are at home. They're 2-1 and one against the Bills. We're also two and one, and I'll pick Buffalo on the road. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, I think they got smacked in the mouth pretty w- well enough last week against the San Diego Chargers, and I think they're going to bounce back this week and win on the road in Houston Texans. Um, I just don't see uh, Houston's offense really getting it done against that Bills defense. And EJ Manuel, he's going to manage these guys down the field um, against that tough Texans defense enough to win um, the ball game. Uh, Panthers and the Ravens play at Baltimore um, Sunday. And this game, I'm picking Baltimore at home. 
Um, Steve Smith, he's been calling the Baltimore Ravens out, or the Carolina, excuse me, the Carolina Panthers out ever since they released him and traded him and got rid of him and was just ready to move on from the Steve Smith era. Uh, he felt, you know, that was kind of personal. So uh, with the Panthers coming to town, I think Steve Smith, he's going to electric electrify the Baltimore crowd and the ball game period. He's going to do his thing against the Carolina Panthers, who are struggling, who look pretty bad uh, Monday night. Was that Monday night? Yeah, Monday night against uh, when they looked, they, they just looked terrible against the Steelers. They didn't. They looked like they didn't even want to be on the same field as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, other games, uh, another divisional game is we're going to bounce to the Packers and the Bears. Uh, the game is in Chicago. Um, Green Bay is not on track. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that offense. Jordy Nelson, um, he's of course, he's the leading target, but I think Randall Cobb should touch the ball even more. That defense needs to step up, and they need to step up big. When they're on the road, um, they're going to Chicago, and they're playing um, that Jay Cutler offense and Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, the list goes on on that offense. With them picking up Santonio Holmes now in the slot, it's going to be tough for the Packers. And the, and the Bears' defense has been playing very exceptional thanks to the likes of the young rookies and also with Kyle Fuller playing as well. Um, with a standout, I think he has like four interceptions in three weeks. That's incredible for a rookie. Um, I picked the Bears with this one. Uh, the Packers are just going to struggle. Randall Cobb's not going to get the ball. But it's a good... Good sighting to see Jared Allen play against his old team along with Julius Peppers playing against his old team. They basically just traded positions, traded spots on their rosters. Other games are the Lions and the Jets. Uh, the Jets are at home, but I think the Lions are going to win on the road. Uh, Calvin Johnson is going to be incredible against that. <coughs> Excuse me, against that Jets secondary, but that Jets front line you can't sleep on them. Reggie Bush is going to have a struggle running the ball, but Geno's not going to get the job done. He's not ready yet. It's going to be another learning curve game for him. Next game is the Buccaneers and the Steelers. The Steelers looked incredible. The Buccaneers are struggling. They're coming off that huge loss last Thursday night against uh, Atlanta. And I don't think they're going to bounce back. They have another road game against the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger with that no-huddle offense is going to tear apart that Buccaneers defense. Um, hopefully, Lovey Smith lets... Uh, Josh McCown doing his thing and open up the playbook more, throw the ball more downfield to that guy, that rookie Mike Evans. He's a big-time threat downfield. Uh, another talk-about game all week uh, with news that we talked about here on the show is the Dolphins and the Raiders. And Ryan Tannehill, I think he's going to get the start. They're going to beat the 0-3 Raiders right now. Um, they're going to bounce. The, the Dolphins are going to bounce back. That offense is incredible. Hopefully they can get less drops going to help Tannehill's confidence. Uh, next game is Jaguars and Chargers. Chargers are at home. They're going to dominate this game, which they have dominated every game except for playing against the Arizona Cardinals. And Phillip Rivers in the offense is incredible. The defense is playing exceptionally well. Dwight Freeney's getting sacks left and right, and he's always played great against the Jacksonville Jaguars since his Colts days. Next game is the Falcons and the Vikings. I think the Falcons are going to dominate. Um, their offense is incredible. The defense... Uh, they're not going to see much from the Vikings office now. Adrian Peterson still being suspended. He's not going to play this weekend, but uh, they do have Cordell Patterson. But I think that's about the biggest threat. I'm excited to see Teddy Bridgewater get his start in. 
um, for the Vikings. And uh, another great game. I think the game of the weekend is the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at the Forty ers I think the Eagles are going to win on the road. Saints and Cowboys. Uh, I picked the Saints winning on the road in Dallas. Although, uh, don't sleep on the Cowboys right now. They came back from twenty one points under. And the last game is the Patriots and the Chiefs. Um, this is a Monday night football game, and I picked the Patriots. They're going to win by. Uh, I'd say about 10 points. The Chiefs are not looking so well right now. But that's the games of the weekend for the NFL. I'm excited. I'm ready to turn up and watch college football on Saturday along with uh, the NFL NFL come Sunday. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we'll be back Monday to talk uh, about you know some of the games about this weekend and then some of the news that's been going on about our overall weekend. But I'm excited. It's Friday. I need to get out of here. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Uh, We'll see you Monday. Peace. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 